0: From the newsrooms of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, this is Please Explain. I'm Julia Karkatzel. It's Friday, January 20. Later this year, Australians are expected to vote in a referendum on the Voice to Parliament, a proposal that aims to enshrine an Indigenous voice in the constitution. The Voice has become a hotly debated topic in politics. But what do Indigenous people think of the proposal? Over the last few months, a Berabai man and reporter for The Age and Sydney Morning Herald, Jack Lattimore, has been trying to answer this question. He's spoken to dozens of Indigenous people, from capital cities to remote communities, to hear their perspectives on The Voice to Parliament. Today, he joins me to discuss what he found and what's next for The Voice. So, Jack, before we get into your reporting trip, let's start with the voice to Parliament. What is it and what does it aim to do?
1: Well, Julia, it's a body made up of uh, First Nations people who are elected to those roles, and its function is to advise the Parliament and the Executive on matters that affect the rights of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So those matters may be policies... Uh, there may be legislative bills. They may be programs that are already in effect. Uh, and any of those that affect, and this is an important point, the rights of Aboriginal people, that's what the voice would advise on. It doesn't have the power to block any bills or any legislation, anything like that. It is an advisory body. And right now, the Albanese government um, is moving towards implementing that voice proposal through a referendum. You've
0: interviewed dozens of Aboriginal people about The Voice. Tell me about that experience and what made you decide to go out and get those perspectives?
1: Yeah, I'll definitely have interviewed a number of people. And I think it's important to stress we went out purposefully to get away from advocates or acolytes of either, you know, no campaign or yes campaign. Um, We wanted to hear from people just out in community that didn't necessarily know a lot about it, that weren't necessarily campaigning either for or against, um, just to get, you know, take the temperature on what, you know, general people were thinking. And what we heard kind of surprised me because there was some apprehension and anxiety around what the voice uh, entailed but there was also and kind of confirmed what we had been hearing from proponents of the voice I would describe as overwhelming support for it with a caveat it was aspirational support.
0: So tell me more about that and what you heard.
1: Well I heard a range um, of positions Um, we heard from Opponents and proponents, some of the, um, the people that were against it uh, were doing so, well, a range of reasons, really. A national voice would be good, but we need the right people there. Not people there looking after themselves with a couple of dollar bills in their pocket, you know.
0: Well, I don't believe that the federal government has done enough in raising awareness on these issues. In all the states, will we have a voice? A is it an individual American voice or is it a voice of a democratically elected uh, representative from all the of Australia?
1: has to be fair for our mob a- when it comes to justice. Some of them were um, we that there are more important issues that needed to be addressed, and that the expenditure that would go towards a referendum and a voice could be better spent addressing things like closing the gap measures, healthcare, housing, education, employment. Um, Etc., but also cultural heritage protection was a big one, uh, and that was specific to some areas. So where where we heard that strongest uh, was around Gomeroy Country, which is um, northwestern New South Wales, and that there's an issue uh, going on up there where they're facing a number of uh, coal seam gas wells going through the Pilliga State Forest which they have a current native title claim, you know, that covers that area. And uh, Santos uh, Resource Company is proposing to put 852 wells in there across the next two decades. What we need as Goomeroy people is all of the unions to come and support us in this fight against Santos. Um, they're backed by the government. The Gomorrah people, naturally, are pretty concerned around that pressing matter, more so than they are around voice. Some other concerns, notable concerns that we heard, were that people wanted a a voice body to have uh, a little bit more weight, uh, a little bit more bite to it. They weren't happy with just the advisory role. They wanted something that um, was going to have a say at the table about you know, legislation, policies, bills, those sorts of things, rather than just provide advice that may be either taken up or disregarded. Depending on how that voice would be set up, the structure of it, and what powers would be vested to it, I would not vote if I felt as if it would just be an advisory panel with no real powers. Another matter that was we heard from from you know a, a number of people was these concerns around a referendum on the voice or the voice itself or constitutional recognition of, of indigenous people uh, extinguishing indigenous sovereign rights. I don't,
0: I don't support it at all. Um, nobody's come to me and talked to me. Do I want to hand over my sovereign rights and my land or my title country uh, and? nor would I allow him to take my sovereign rights or my elodial title for any reason.
1: Um, It's a really complicated sort of area to get into, but a number of constitutional experts and international law experts have basically described those concerns as outlandish and, you know, there's a lot of anxiety, uh, there's a lot of apprehension and a lot of distrust and yeah you know, arguably rightly so, because in the past there's been so many programs that you know Aboriginal people feel that they have been lied to or deceived. so naturally uh, those that sort of anxiety flourishes.
0: And regarding the argument that the voice is just tokenistic and won't have much decision-making power, is that right? It's something I've heard quite a bit and I'm interested in your perspective.
1: Well, they've been upfront that it it is an advisory body and does not have veto power. So that is what it says on the box. Whether that's being tokenistic is a matter for debate because there will be Aboriginal people at the local level through to the national level that are democratically elected to those positions voted on by other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So is that tokenistic? I don't know. That's It's up for up to people, individuals to decide where they stand on that.
0: So while there has been a fair amount of criticism, most Indigenous people you spoke to do support a voice to Parliament. What are some of the arguments in favour?
1: Yeah, overwhelmingly what we heard from our sample, if you want to describe it as that, was support for the voice they would vote yes
0: i would definitely vote yes in a referendum to put a voice to parliament in our constitution
1: and the reasons given again they were varied but i would say generally they were aspirational i would vote yes because we need that voice to be to be heard to not be left in the background no more we need to come forward and we need to we need honest people to go into into parliament and into governing law and be the voice for one nation's people throughout Australia. Yes we would because that's what our people have been striving for is to be heard and to have uh, mechanisms or administration or governance, self determined governance and administration in place make sure that you know, policies and programs that affect our rights um, are shaped by us. Once you reduce it down, that's where all of the proponents landed.
0: I think it's about time that First Nations people were at the table before the laws are made so that we can ensure it's the best things for our community. And did you get a sense that there was confusion about what the voice actually is? Because This is a line that the coalition and the opposition leader, Peter Dutton, seem to be running at the moment, that there isn't enough detail and people don't understand what the voice is. Or do you think this is simply an attempt by the coalition to
1: undermine the voice? It's definitely exactly what we're hearing from pundits, um, that it is a little bit of political point scoring and that it is reminiscent. Um, of the same sort of capering that went on back in 1999 with the last referendum, uh, where they basically called for more detail and then used additional detail to stir up, create confusion uh, around how people should vote, what people voting in principle were voting for, and conflating two issues into one particular issue. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit of uh, that manoeuvring or that capering. And for so long, there's been so much effort and policies and programs in place to prevent us or discourage us from participating in the you know, deliberative democratic pr- process. And now that we are, um, they're saying you know, that it's unfair and trying to discourage us from it again.
0: So Jack, The Voice is expected to go to a referendum later this year. What do you expect will happen and what's at stake if we don't vote yes?
1: If a referendum doesn't get up, The Voice is more than likely still to be something that will be implemented. Albanese this week has said things on commercial radio that indicate that not necessarily the end of The Voice, if it doesn't get up, you know, potentially, would look at legislating I the voice. We'll
0: follow uh, what uh, Indigenous people said. This is uh, a process that began in 2012. There were five years of So, taking
1: a step back and doing what the coalition government was committed to doing prior to the last federal election. I,
0: I'm, I'm not contemplating. Uh, failure here. What I'm doing is being as optimistic as the Australian people are themselves. This is an opportunity to unite the nation,
1: So it's not going away. I mean, multiple polls have been taken, and they all indicate that there is enough goodwill out there in the community for a referendum to get up. There's a lot of support um, from international human rights lawyers uh, and constitutional experts, Um, There's a lot of support and a lot of eyes on uh, the direction that Australia uh, decides to go with the referendum. And also, my personal position, which I have stated in the past, but it's just on matters to do with Aboriginal affairs, you've got to have people at all points around the fire. So whether there's people inside the tent, outside the tent, across from the fire, up the back paddock, whatever takes all people it's just as long as everybody is participating
0: today's episode of please explain was hosted and produced by me julia kakatzel with technical assistance from hannah mills Turbot. Please Explain is a production of The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. I'm Julia Karkatzel. This is Please Explain. Thanks for listening.